0: My name is Sam and I am already slightly hoarse, so <laughs> uh, this should be fun. Um, so I'm Sam and I'm one of the leaders in the church here, and at the minute we're going through a series on Galatians, on the book of Galatians. So this is week five, so this is Galatians chapter five. Um, so this morning, the fruit of the Spirit, freedom, the handmaid's tale, and circumcision. How's that? Um, So I guess a little bit of quick background if you haven't been here. um, Paul is writing to a church that's in conflict and in confusion um, around how we're accepted by God, around how we're made right with God, and how we're to live. And so in the first four chapters of Galatians, Paul has been making these arguments as to why faith is enough and why you don't need to follow the Jewish law as well. And now he reaches the crescendo. So this is the point where all of his arguments come together. This is where the rubber hits the road. Um, And this morning is very much about a concept that we all um, are incredibly familiar with and that resonates through the ages. Here is your moment of cheese. Imagine the sound. (laughs) No, no! We will run. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight against that? No. We will run. And we will live. Die. Fight and you may die. Run. And you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds Um, as we all recreate Mel Gibson's wonderful Scottish accent. Um, freedom, um, whether it's Braveheart, whether it's Les Mis, um and that song from Les Miz, which has been finding its way to being sung in the streets of Hong Kong and China recently. Um, freedom is the essence of Paul's message to Galatians. Um, this chapter is all about freedom. God is the God who sets his people free, Whether it's back um, in the exodus of God freeing his people from slavery in Egypt, um, or whether it's Jesus setting us free, um, setting the whole of humanity free from sin and death, it's all about freedom. Um, Can we have the next slide? Um, And The Handmaid's Tale, here we come. Um, For any of you who've seen The Handmaid's Tale or read the book, um, Aunt Lydia, who's one of the scarier figures in it, um, says this at one point. She says, Um, There is more than one kind of freedom, freedom to and freedom from. Um, So hopefully that will become clear this morning. So this morning I want us to think about the freedom that we have in Jesus. Um, Do you want to do the next slide? And and how that is freedom to, freedom to love, um, and how it's also freedom from, freedom from captivity, freedom from slavery in all its shapes and forms, and the the battle that there is in finding that. So this morning we're gonna think about freedom from and freedom to, and hopefully by the end it will become clear. Um, Does that make sense? So freedom from, freedom to. um, And so as we come to the text, as we come to read part of Galatians 5, I'd like you to pause and just think for a moment. What have you been set free from? What are some of the things that that you want to be set free from? Um, And what do you long to be free to do or to be? So let's dig into some of what Paul has to say. Um, So if you've got the Red Bibles, um, it's page 1171. So Galatians 5, page 1171. And I'm not going to read all of it, Um, I'm just going to read some of it. So verse one says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Or the New Living puts it this way, now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And if you skip forward to verse six, um, he goes on and says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. And this is the whole debate that's been going on in Galatians um, about about following the law as well as faith in Jesus. Um, So in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then if we skip to verse 13, um, if we skip over where Paul kind of digresses into all sorts of mixed metaphors um, in verse 13 um, he, he goes on to say you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself if you bite and devour each other watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other so I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want but if you're led by the spirit you're not under the law the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, Uh, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, also translated patience sometimes, in all of that that I'm not going to go near some of. Um, But I suppose one question is, why is Paul so strong in his condemnation of the people who are adding things onto the gospel that we've been reading about in the first four chapters um, of Galatians? And the reason is this, because it cuts in on our freedom and because it returns us to captivity or to slavery. In if you think about in Luke 4, when Jesus announces the beginning of his ministry, what does he say? He says this he says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners to set the oppressed free so through his death we are set free from sin we're set free from the power of the evil one in his resurrection we have new life and freedom from death but it doesn't stop there and sometimes that's where we stop Um, the good news of Jesus is more than just his death and resurrection and that's what Lissy was talking about last week we're also adopted into the family of the Trinity, with Jesus as our elder brother. So because our, we are loved by God, our identity is secure. So we're freed from having to find our identity and our worth um, and our meaning in how we look, in how many followers we have on Instagram, in how successful we might be in what we do um, and how much we earn or in following the law, in how we tick all the boxes, in how we keep up appearances, any of those things. So not only are we invited into the family of the Trinity, but the very Spirit of God comes and lives within us. And this is the mind-blowing bit that defies kind of logic. It's easy to say the words, um, but when you try to wrap your head around it, it, it's a little bit crazy. Um, It feels a little bit crazy. It's mind-blowing, mind-blowing more than crazy. But our life is wrapped up, is enveloped in that of the Trinity, in that of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in Corinthians, Paul writes, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. So God's indwelling presence in us, His Spirit brings us the ongoing power to live, as Jesus said in Matthew 11, freely and lightly. This is the good news, this is the gospel that we are set free. This is what Paul has been talking about. Um, The whole of Galatians is about freedom. Um, We are set free, we are forgiven, we are adopted into God's family, and his indwelling presence is in us and is at work in us and through us. And this is Paul's message. This is what he's been going on about and banging on about with his clenched fist um, for a few chapters. And in in many ways, it's like after years in a cage, um, Jesus has thrown the door open and we're free to embrace the wide open sky. That's um, in the picture above. Um, or in another way of thinking about it, after years in prison, we stand at the prison gates free at last. We were called to be free, but what do we do with that freedom? As we stand at those gates, what do we do? And that's what Paul goes into in verse 13. Um, when he talks about him, he says, you brothers and sisters were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Um, rather serve one another humbly in love. So this is the freedom to stuff. Um, We have been set free from sin and death and fear and all of those things. And the freedom to piece is that we're set free to love. And I suppose just a little, all this talk of flesh, um, which is not a word that we would commonly use in that kind of tense and might cause us to think all sorts of weird things as you read that passage. Um, But when Paul talks about flesh, he doesn't mean our physical body um, as much as this is a marvelous physical specimen. Um, uh, Thanks. Um, I work out regularly. Uh, um, But rather he means any part of us, any part of our being um, that is opposed to the spirit of God, our kind of sinful nature, Um, our selfish desires or other ways of talking about it and so there's this battle when it comes to thinking about our freedom and so we've been set free from all of this stuff and we've been set free to love but we have a choice um, as to how we do that and what we do with that Um, often when we think about freedom we think about our freedom from parents from rules from expectations um, from religion, from poverty, whatever it might be, we think of it as a freedom to do whatever we like. I was a teenager in the nineties. Um, does anyone remember "Whatever" by Oasis? Yeah. A few, a few, just a very few. Oasis were a band. Anyone heard of them? Yeah. No? <laughs> um, so anyway, <coughs> back in the nineties. <laughs> Um, Oasis had this song that was very popular, um, called Whatever, and it went like this, and I'm not going to sing it, even though, it no, 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 that would just be... <clears throat> I mean, the Gallagher's voice is not great, but you know. And so it says, I'm free to be whatever I, whatever I choose, and I'll sing the blues if I want. I'm free to say whatever I, whatever I like. If it's wrong or if it's right, it's all right. So this idea that freedom is to do whatever we want. Independence, autonomy, personal sovereignty are all the big words that we put on it. Um, But the freedom that Paul talks about is not a freedom to do whatever we want. Um, An individualistic, egocentric, me, me, me approach. That, Paul would argue, is using our freedom to indulge our flesh or slavery to our selfish desires. Or, as the late Malcolm Muggeridge, who was an English writer, described it as being trapped in the dark little dungeon of our egos. And we might think that we're free when we live for ourselves, when we live to do whatever we want. Um, it might feel like freedom for a while. I lifted this to take a drink. So let me just do that. So, when we live just, when I live for myself and I live to do whatever I want, Um, no matter what anyone else is doing, um, it might feel like freedom, but the reality is that it's not, and we probably all know that, and we can probably all think of times when we've experienced that. Um, When I was a teenager in my late teens, I went through my kind of rebellious phase um, of losing myself in an alcoholic haze every weekend. It felt like it was freedom. It felt initially, but then it just started to feel empty. And actually, in the end, all it was was emptiness. And so sometimes I think we need to be careful about how we define freedom and how we understand freedom. Um, if we are captive to our own, yeah, stay away from the mic. If we are captive to our own selfish desires, if it's all about me, 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 then I am absorbed by myself and by my needs, of by getting the fix of whatever it is um, that I need, to make myself feel better. I'm not free to focus on the interests of other people. If my identity is wrapped up um, in my popularity on Instagram or whatever else it is that the cool kids use, um, I spent my time with my head and my phone, oblivious to the fact that the person in front of me might be upset, might be in pain, might be going through some huge issues in their lives. If our freedom is focused on ourselves um, it's not actually freedom at all it's just another form of captivity and of slavery and so what Paul um, is arguing is that living in captivity causes us to use people for our own ends and that's what he's accusing these false teachers who've come into the church in Galatia of doing of biting and devouring of criticizing of bringing division and so he lists in verse 19 to 20, he lists all these examples of the acts of the flesh, he lists all these examples of the results of living that way selfish ambition, discord, fits of rage, um, factions, hatred. And it's pretty harsh and it's pretty horrible. And he's setting up this contrast um, as to the choice, the different paths that are in front of us, the path um of being free to follow our own desires, the path of being free to, to worship me, um, or the path of being free to love others. Um, as I fall over, um, so Paul calls us um, to use our freedom from our egos, to use our freedom from our flesh, to serve others humbly in love. And he says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. Freedom is not a license. Um, do you want to do the next slide? Um, by its very definition, love is sal- blah, blah, self-sacrificial. Um, Trevor Morrow, who used to be a minister of a church in Lucan, um, defines it this way, and he says, love is an act of the will where we seek the good of another, and in doing so, sacrificially give ourselves away. Let me read it again. Love is an act of the will where we seek the good of another. And in doing so, sacrificially give ourselves away. To choose to love is a deliberate choice. How do we do that? How do we use our freedom to love? Um, And I think it's obvious that we can't do it by ourselves. Um, We need help Um, and we have help and that's why Paul talks about the Spirit, because the Spirit is the one who helps us to live this free life who helps us to navigate what we are freed to. Um, a friend of mine described their journey of recovery from addiction like this. They said maintaining that freedom from addiction requires commitment, self-discipline and God's help. The freedom that we experience in relationship with God is only limiting in that we cannot choose behaviours that will have us enslaved again. The freedom that we experience in relationship with God is only limiting in that we cannot choose the behaviours that will have us enslaved again, that's what Paul's talking about, but freedom in God is limitless in that it's about his power in us. God working and us working, standing firm and staying free. Um, Can you put the next slide up? when we're growing, I don't know if any of you grew anything. I had an allotment it was taken away from me. I have another allotment. There's a big story there. Um, but when you're growing strawberries, when you're growing any type of fruit, you focus not on growing the fruit, but you focus on growing a healthy plant that will bring the fruit. So our focus, as we think about what Paul said at the end of this chapter, is to be on choosing love our focus is to be on walking in step with the Spirit, inviting more of the Spirit's presence into our lives, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, submitting to His leading and allowing His freedom to fill us and transform us. There isn't a kind of three-point plan that I'm going to give you to do this. There are seven steps to success for living in the Spirit. I'm sure there are books, uh, but I don't think that's really helpful um, because actually God works, we work um, together. We try, we learn, we ask for help from God, we ask for help from each other. Um, We take one step at a time. And when we do that, the Spirit brings the fruit. We don't produce it. We act and we're not in control of all that goes on. When fruit comes, it is beautiful. It is tasty. and that's part of the point. Fruit is tasty. It's to be eaten. It's not just to be looked at and admired. Um, the fruit needs to be taken. It needs to be used. It needs to be put to use. Um, it's used to feed. It's used. To, fruit is used to supply the nutrients um, for us to live well. Does that make sense? So it's, as we think about what Paul is saying about the fruit of the Spirit, our goal is not to kind of run and try and Um, achieve all this fruit and say okay here's my three-point plan to be to love and to be full of joy and have patience Um, but actually what we focus on is is walking by the spirit what we focus on is submitting ourselves to the spirit and the spirit works in us to bring about the fruit so the fruit of the spirit is the expression of lives that are freed from captivity that are now free to love Freedom in Christ is freedom from lots of things, and it's also this freedom to love, to give of ourselves in love. And one unlocks the other. It's really important to be aware of both um, because both play a part in how we live our lives. Um, it's what, sometimes it's when we're set free from the dungeon of ourself or of pleasing others or of addiction or whatever it might be, that we're free to love in ways that we don't expect, and God's kingdom touches earth. And sometimes it's when we give of ourselves in love, um, when we live in the freedom to love, that actually we encounter freedom from things that are holding us captive. Um, after apartheid ended in South Africa, um, some of you may have heard this story before, um, there was a, a white police officer called Mr. Van der I'm gonna say, um, and he was on, He was put in trial, and this was part of the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission um, that was set up in South Africa after the end of apartheid, and this police officer headed up um, one of the police units, and he'd come to a certain woman's home, he had shot her son at point-blank range, um, and then burned his body, he'd also killed her husband. Um, His team had killed her husband, and his body was also burned. Um, And at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, this woman was asked, So what do you want? Um, How should justice be done for this man? And this small, older, broken woman said, I want three things. I want first to be taken to the place where my husband's body was burned so I can gather up the dust and give his remains a decent burial. My husband and son were my only family. And I want, secondly, for Mr. Vanderbock to become my son. I would like for him to come twice a month to the ghetto and spend a day with me so that I can pour out on him whatever love I still have. And finally, I would like Mr. Vanderbock to know that I offer him my forgiveness because Jesus died to forgive. This was also the wish of my husband. And so I would kindly ask someone to come to my side, to lead me a course across this courtroom so that I can take Mr. Vanderbock in my arms, embrace him and let him know that he is truly forgiven. Free to love. One unlocks the other. I grew up in a um, single parent family in the 80s showing my age, older than I look. (laughs) Um, I didn't know my dad um, and I felt the stigma growing up of being the only child in the class who didn't have a normal family, who didn't have two parents. Um, Life was a struggle for my mom providing and being a single parent. I didn't have a dad to look up to the way Colm or five-year-old looks up to me, how could he not? That was a joke. Uh, and so almost seven years ago, I was asked to give a talk at a, a kind of a thing. I was asked to give a talk on living as confident sons and daughters um, of God. And so I guess I've been, throughout all of that time, throughout my 20s and particularly, I guess I've been working through a lot of those issues and it had really forced me to grapple um, with my identity So who was I, and figuring out what it means to live as a child of God, Um, and figuring out that whole, what does it look like to see God as a father um, when you've never had one. Um, And being secure in that identity, instead of being secure, instead of finding my security in in what I did, or trying to impress people with my many, many achievements, um, and my incredible performance in so many areas, Um, And a couple of days before having to do that talk, I got an email from my dad, who'd been living in Australia for a long time. Um, And he told me that he was gonna be in Dublin because his dad was dying and he was coming back to see him. And so he wanted to meet. And so at at 35, um, three years after my mum had died, um, I met my dad for the first meaningful time I could remember. And as you could imagine, there was so much going through my head. Um, so much anger, so much hurt, so much rejection, so much pain, um, and this longing to hear my dad say that he was proud of me. And so I was like, oh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in that pitch. And so I asked, I asked people to pray. And I was in the midst of preparing this talk. On what it means to be a confident son or daughter of our Heavenly Father Um, and we met and and the spirit did something the spirit flicked a switch um, and reminded me that I was a dearly loved son um, that no matter what I was loved and I was valued as we went to meet and we talked and I learned about his pain and his rejection from his parents and the difficulties in his family. Um, And God set me free that evening um, to listen to his story, free to love, one thing unlocking the other. And there are countless stories in this room, I imagine, where we have experienced the freedom to give ourselves in love. And we've experienced the freedom that comes from other people loving us sacrificially. And to choose to give of ourselves for the sake of others in love requires often for us to be set free um, from, all, from the things that hold us captive. Choosing freedom in this way, choosing the freedom to love, isn't easy. Sometimes it's easier to go back inside the cage. Sometimes it's easier to go back inside the prison because we knew it. Um, it's safe. It's regimented. And to that, the Father says, do not be afraid. Because we are loved by a Father who will never fail, we can live confidently without fear. Knowing that our slate is wiped clean, we are free to spend ourselves in the best way that freedom can be spent, which is not on ourselves, but on others. And a life lived in this freedom in step with God's Spirit Who reminds us who we are and who cries out Abba reminding us that we are his child is a life not of anxiety and fear but of community of joy of peace of love of patience of kindness of goodness of faithfulness of gentleness and self-control and that is Paul's message that is the freedom um, that he is talking about in Galatians and so as we finish Um, Let's stand, Um, and maybe the band might um, come up. Um, So as we finish, Jesus is holding out the invitation of freedom, come and follow me, my way is easy, my burden is light. In his death and resurrection, guilt and shame and fear are gone. Loneliness and insecurity are tackled because we are adopted as his children and we are all one in Jesus. We are not alone. God has enfolded us into his family. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. Freedom from all of the things that might hold us captive and freedom to give ourselves in love for the sake of those around us who are lonely, who are hurting, who are broken who need to taste freedom and so as we finish um, what do you celebrate being set free from how have you tasted and experienced the freedom um, that God offers us what do you need to be set free from who are you who am I being called to use my freedom to love and so as we finish let's Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come because this is what this is about. It's about walking in step with the Spirit. Um, it's about being led by the Spirit. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the one who sets us free. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus. Thank you that you have adopted us into your family thank you that you give us the gift of your spirit to continue to walk in freedom and holy spirit we invite you now to come in this place we know that you're here and we thank you for that holy spirit as we respond to the message of freedom To the good news of freedom show us where in our lives you're calling us show us what the places and the things that you have set us free from show us the things that we need to be set free from Show us the people that you want to set us free to love. So let's just wait. Let's just... Maybe it it might help you to put your hands out um, for for our bodies to reflect the posture of our minds as we ask the Spirit to speak and show us... um, what it is that he wants us to take from this morning.